Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm going to ask Ash to come and join me. Ash, fantastic. So, Ash uh, has recently completed an Alpha course, and I've asked him to come up here and join me uh, to share a few things, a few thoughts, anecdotes about um, his time on Alpha. So, we're going to start with the first question, Ash, which is, what on earth uh, led you to take part in an Alpha course, to sign up your life to an Alpha course? Good evening, everybody. Um, what, that's a good question. Um, I think it was... I've done two, so this was the second time. But um, I think it was just... What I found with Alpha is it um, gives you a brilliant idea of what Christianity is in a really kind of laid-back, chilled environment. Um, and I remember that from the first time, so this time I wanted to, having not been a Christian the first time I did it, this time I was a Christian and I wanted to sort of go and learn a bit more, meet some new people, um, and yeah, just, just explore, listen to some great stories from wonderful people, and yeah. So um, when you describe Alpha as a chilled environment, um, can you give everyone here some, you know, a lot of people here may not have experienced Alpha or really know what it's about, so... Can you just tell us what you mean by that? Certainly. Um, so everybody turns up sort of at 7 o'clock in the evening, and we all sit down, and we get together, and we have a meal. Uh, we chat, we meet people, and it's really good because people sit down, they make friends. It's a really kind of, as I said, laid-back environment. Um, there's really no pressure or anything like that. You get to hear some wonderful stories from wonderful people. People share their testimonies. Um, if you're lucky, you might get to hear a funny story from Mike or someone someone like that um, uh, yeah it's just and then we have great discussions in sort of as I say again I use the word a lot laid back environment just no pressure just a lot of fun brilliant and um, what would you describe um, was a highlight of, of the course for you if there was a highlight most definitely watching people come to faith um, there were, I think, a couple um, on the weekend or the day away, which was a Saturday. We spent the day in a, at St. John's in Merrow, um, and that was a really good day. There was, God was working in wonderful ways that day, and we saw amazing things happen to a few people. It was a real sort of, the Holy Spirit was definitely in that place, and it was just really encouraging to watch it. And um, finally, Ash, what, what difference do you think has made you know having done the course now looking back what difference would you say it's made to you I think for me personally it was the first time I'd led anything in a Christian context and that was that was good uh, I, I really benefited from that but um, there were certainly things that I didn't know um, and I, I learned a great deal while I was there um, and yeah I mean I think that's probably what it was I, le I learned more than I I got a lot out of it. I knew much more. I knew much more finishing than when I started. If that makes sense. Ash, thanks very much. Let's give Ash a round of applause. Thank you. So um, <clears throat> the course starts. It's a seven-week course. It starts on Tuesday, which means there's still time uh, to invite anyone you think might enjoy being part of that course, take, taking part. There's no commitment. You don't have to, you know, you can come along to the first one. If you don't like it, you can always drop out. You know, no one's going to come and hunt you down. Um, so it's, it's actually quite relaxed. It's quite a relaxed 
invite, if you see what I mean. Um, I would direct anyone you're talking to Alpha about, direct them to the church website. And um, there's an Alpha webpage there. They can just literally register online. The registration is important because, as Ash was saying, uh, there's uh, a meal. Um, every time we meet, we start with great food. So um, sharing food together is a big part of the Alpha course, believe it or not. But it's a wonderful way of bringing people together. And so when you go online, you need to register so that we can cater for the numbers of people who are going to turn up. So uh, do think about that. And also, uh, you have a card on the back seat. Um, there are three courses being run this year, which is very exciting. The first one starts this Tuesday, and you might just want to um, come and join us yourself because you're curious. Um, it's some, something you haven't done before. I would definitely recommend you give Alpha a go if you can make that seven-week commitment. Just put a tick on this card and hand it in to the, one of the welcome team. That's all from me for the moment. Thanks, James. I'm glad you won't be hunting anyone down. I think that would be a little bit scary being hunted down by James myself. But there we go. Now I'd love um, Becky to come up because she's just going to tell us um, a little bit about, do you want to grab a mic on the way, about what's happening with our children and young people tonight. It's on. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on tonight, Becky? Um, so in um, our group for um, um, school years seven to, uh, or sorry, school years seven to nine, so that's Hub, um, we're going to be looking at the call of Jesus' disciples and thinking a little bit about what was it that made them leave their nets behind, leave their families behind and go and follow him. Um, then in Explorers, which is for um, school years uh, three up to six, they'll be uh, looking at patience and Annabelle Varley will be leading that session. And she'll need lots of it, I suspect. <laughs> no, that will be fun. Thank so you. So after the first two songs, we'll head out and uh, follow me. That will be great. Yeah, so if you are new and you, um, or visiting and you've got children with you, what we do in a moment, we're going to sing some songs of worship. And at the end of the second song, you will see a mass exodus of children. Um, the, uh, if I would suggest you ask one of the welcome team or um, the children to get the, ask the other children where exactly they're going. It's all going to work beautifully. That didn't sound like it would, but it will. So we are going to have a time of worship now, so um, let's stand together. And I'm going to pray um, before we start. have a seat. We're going to continue with um, a time of sort of prayer together as a church family. And I'm going to be doing those prayers today. So we'll just pray just um, comfortably where, wherever we're sitting. So Father, I want to start by thanking you for the big family of St. Saviour's. There is so much going on in this church, so much of your life, from connect groups and life groups who meet in the week, to Alpha starting this week, all the work with children and young people that's going on, and all the courses we're running in our three-week equip at the moment. I want to thank you for all those who serve at church on all the different teams that make things possible. Bless them, God, for their time, their energy, and their commitment to our big family. We want to remember those amongst our family who are not well at the moment or who might be struggling. 
maybe just in a quick moment of quiet, you might want to just name um, one or two who you know of to God right now. We pray you draw alongside them, you'd strengthen and encourage them. And uh, we do want to pray especially for um, Susie Speed, who's one of our um, members here. She's been in the Royal Surrey for five days waiting for an operation. She's a single mum with two little girls, so it would be great to just pray for her um, as we go from here as well as now. So, Father, we do pray that you would provide support for Susie and her two girls. And as we look wider, Father, it's um, good to remember the migrant and refugee crisis, which is continuing. And I want to thank you that uh, we have already made some local provision in Guildford, and that some refugee families have found new homes here in Guildford. We pray they would find real refuge and rest here. And we also pray that ultimately they would meet with you, God. You're the real giver of rest and hope and peace. We pray for all those in Europe and beyond who are even now risking their lives to find safety, to start a new life. Just be with them, Father, and protect them. We pray for the governments um, involved, uh, that they would have wisdom to make joined-up decisions leading... Um, people to better places. Just guide our leaders, we pray. And we pray for those areas in the world that are unstable and dangerous. We think about Iraq and Syria, where war continues to fuel this refugee crisis. And we pray as well for international relations, as even this week, diplomatic tension has again risen with Russia. And Father, we don't really understand everything that happens in your world. But we pray that through your word, through the experience of our own lives and through our encounters with you, that you would help us. We choose to trust you. We love you and we pray that we would know your presence and your power personally, corporately as a church and in our world. Amen. So um, I'd love Mike to uh, come up now. He's going to share a bit of his story. As I said earlier, he's not preaching. And um, I've heard it a couple of times before. I could probably do it for him, actually. Um, but I think he might do it better. So um, do you I... Want to do it? Okay. Do you want to do it? Yeah? <laughs> I could. Here, here are a few notes. <laughs> Thanks. And it, I'll it do might, yours. That just might be a bit weird. Shall I just leave? <laughs> Over to you. Well, great. Absolutely wonderful to be with you all tonight. I hope you've had a good day. We've had a good day. And um, we've had a good weekend. I don't know what you've been up to, but I've got into this, well, someone gave me this Bear Grylls cookbook. And um, it's uh, got all of these sort of wheat-free, sugar-free recipes. So I thought I'd experiment this weekend just with the boys, just do something a bit different. And so... Um, I did a bit of cooking on the weekend, and we had, what did we have last night? The plan was to have sweet potato chips, um, kale, baked kale. It's, kale is the thing, isn't it? If you've got to just eat kale at the moment. Have you noticed that? Anyone eat kale? Can we just, let's be honest. There's quite a few people who eat kale. And uh, the plan was to do a big bear 
buffalo burger. Now, has anyone eaten buffalo meat? Oh my goodness, quite a few people. Where'd you get it from? Because I went, I was looking for it. I couldn't source it anywhere. And um, where'd you, Waitrose? Probably is, isn't it? Llama, hippopotamus. Um, yeah, so I couldn't get it. So I said to the women in Waitrose, uh, not in Waitrose, in Tesco, uh, I said, do you stock buffalo meat? And she, her face just fell, you know, it's like, what is she? She said, we've got some ostrich. It's uh, not even close. So that was what we've been doing. That was a fun time. It is um, a night, uh, if you're visiting, you know, for the first time tonight, first time at church maybe, I uh, want to say well done. It can be quite terrifying coming to a church. So well done for coming. You're very, very welcome. And I want to, as Beck said, just tell a little bit about my story tonight with a view to thinking about this thing we call the Alpha Course, which we've heard about already tonight. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know what your, kind of where you are on your spiritual journey, but um, I wasn't brought up in a Christian family, and I had, obviously, a dad and a mum, and I had three sisters, and uh, just growing up, and we didn't go to church, and um, I did decide to get confirmed, because um, if you don't know what confirmation is, it's like confirming your faith, someone told me, so I, I, I thought I'd do that. Yeah. And uh, the reason I did that was because some friends of mine, we were about 12 at the time, they'd been confirmed the term before, and one had been given um, an amazing bike, um, and the other had been given this extraordinary watch. So I thought, I'm going to give it a go. Uh, you know, that sounds like a good deal, a good sort of transaction. So um, I did it. I did about 50,000 weeks of confirmation classes, none of which I understood or made any sense. And then my mom, after the service, gave me this little package. I thought, yes, watch. And um, it actually opened it up. It was a candle. I thought, ah, oh, she was a bit of a hippie. I thought, thanks a lot for that. And uh, if you said to me, you know, where are you spiritually uh, when I left school? I'd probably say, to be honest, um, having sat through all those assemblies, none of which have made sense, they're quite dull. I think probably Christianity is pretty boring, actually. Uh, I'm not anti it, but it just seems pretty dull. And so I left school, and then I went to, where did I go next? I went to university, and basically at university I read law, and because I didn't have to go to any assemblies or churches or anything, I didn't go, I didn't sort of make a decision, I am not going to go to church. I actually, I just, it never even crossed my mind to go to church. And uh, I remember I did have one Christian friend at university, her name was Little Karen, uh, there was a big Karen. She was little Karen. Big Karen wasn't big. Uh, there are other reasons for that, which we haven't got time to go into. And uh, anyway, little Karen, um, basically, I'm basically um, having a few drinks, you know, one night, and it's about three o'clock in the morning, and little Karen starts talking to me about God. And I remember just thinking, I thought it was quite interesting. I thought, oh my gosh, well, you know, I learned a bit about that at school. And, um, but I just kind of just thought, I, I don't really, I don't really... Uh, access, or I can't really get my head around God. Uh, in between school and university, I should have said that I actually, my dad died, and I, I went through his stuff. It's, it's a really weird experience, but um, if you've ever been through a dead, dead person's possessions, you sort of turn up in their house, there's a few nods. It's a, quite a weird, sort of freaky experience. I'm going through all my dad's stuff. I'm about 19 at the time, and he's got masses of books, and a book catches my eye, and it's by a guy called Bertrand Russell. Uh, the book was entitled Why I Am Not a Christian. Uh, Bertrand Russell was one of the leading British atheists 
the last century, massive influence uh, in the whole atheistic realm. And uh, people like Dawkins, Hitchens, people like that had a massive sort of influence on uh, them. And so I read this book, Why I'm Not a Christian, and I sort of thought at university, look, it's, it's probably just untrue, the whole thing. So I kind of became an atheist. I wasn't quite as clear as all of this, but I just thought, I'm an atheist. And actually, Christianity, probably at school, I thought it was a bit boring. At university, I just thought it was untrue. And that was kind of the uh, journey. And I don't know whether any of you relate to that. So um, that's where um, I got to at university. After university, I uh, actually ended up at um, Guildford Law School, as it was called. And um, trained to be a lawyer there. Uh, it's now the University of Law. And basically, um, I, I met another Christian, would you believe? So there's a little Karen at university. And then there was the girl with a shining face at law school. Uh, no one knew her name, but she had this shining face. And it turned out she was a Christian. She became a friend of mine. And Amanda used to talk to me about Jesus Christ. And I remember the first time she mentioned Jesus. It was a bit slightly embarrassing. You know, she sort of dropped the J word, into the conversation. And it was, you know, uh, I sort of got over it. I got over myself and was slightly embarrassed. She was talking a lot about it. And um, I was sort of thought, okay, um, she's talking about God. I don't really think there is a God, but she seems very, very convinced. And um, I wasn't really um, c compelled to look any deeper. If I'm honest, I thought, if at school I thought it was boring, if at university I thought it was untrue, at law school, I kind of thought at that period of my life, the whole God thing was completely irrelevant. You know, I'd kind of been to church occasionally for christenings and stuff. People, um, you know, they seemed to speak uh, 17th century English. They seemed to sing and say things that just made no sense. And uh, I'm not being critical, but I just, it's just like this is totally irrelevant to my life in 1992. And... Um, so that was really my journey, if you like. And so I just embarked on being a lawyer. But, 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 at that time, with my dad's death, you know, I started thinking, what about life? What about death? Um, I read this book. I don't know whether you've read this book called uh, The Road Less Traveled. It was like this big book of the time uh, by Scott Peck. M. Scott Peck, I think his name is. Has anyone read that book? Quite a few people. Did you like it? Yeah, it's a good book. I, I, I'd recommend it. And anyway, so I read that, and what I took from that book uh, was his whole thing was, look, there's, life is all sorts of stuff you can do to, to, to live a good life. But actually, um, if you're to really flourish as a person, you have to understand that there's a spiritual di dimension. We are physical beings. We have hands. We've got uh, chests, legs, a couple of feet. And uh, basically, uh, we're emotional as well. We have an emotional thing, we're social animals, uh, we're psychological and anything else ending with uh, jickle, biological. And uh, also, basically, we're spiritual. Uh, and that was his thing. If you actually want to find fullness of life, authentic human experience, if you really, really want to flourish in your life, you need to sort of explore the spiritual realm. And um, uh, at that time, I don't know, I was reading... Um, uh, a bit of Plato, as you do, and I, I heard about Plato's cave, the, the metaphor of the cave that he writes about in the Republic, uh, or the parable of the cave. Has anyone heard about that? He's speaking about um, education, and basically he says that people live 
imagine people living in an underground cave. They're underground in a cave. And they know nothing else. They've never left the cave. There's a little fire burning, the sort of lights dancing around the cave. They can, they can see the roof of the cave. Uh, they can see just the light dancing on one another's faces. But actually, their experience, that's all they've had. They don't even realize they're underground. They don't even really realize they're in this sort of cave and confined. Uh, and and, and uh, Plato was saying there's so much more to experience. And uh, he was talking about education, but I was thinking, okay, spiritual dimension. Actually, I feel a bit like I'm living in a cave. And actually, what, what if I am living in a cave? In Plato's cave. And so that got me really, really thinking, and I started sort of doing this spiritual journey. And I thought, shall I go to church? No, I'm not going to go to church. I've kind of done that. That's boring, untrue, irrelevant. And um, uh, I thought, I'm not going to do that. And so I did all sorts of stuff. Baha'ism, New Age workshops, drumming workshops, burning sage workshops, massage workshops, all that sort of stuff. A lot of it I really enjoyed, actually. It was, it was, quite, it was, quite, it was quite great, but it didn't really, didn't, really, you know, didn't really really, connect with me. And I was thinking, someone, people kept saying, oh, why don't you come and do Alpha at the time? I was in London. I thought, I'm not doing Alpha. He goes, well, I don't want to do Alpha. Uh, come, and, come, come and do Alpha. I'm like, I'm not doing Alpha. And uh, the reason I didn't want to go, because actually my experience of Christianity, actually at that time, was that it wasn't just boring, untrue, and pretty irrelevant, quite frankly. It also was utterly condemning. If uh, I had to summarize Christianity at that time, it seemed to me the, thing, the whole thing about the Christian religion, if you had to summarize it in a word, it would be, no! God doesn't like you. You've got to follow these rules. And I thought, well, to be honest, I'm struggling as much as I am right now, why would I want to get involved in that? Anyway, so I'm working in London and, you know, exploring all sorts of stuff, and uh, people kept saying, why not come to Alpha? And I go, no. Uh, Why not come to Alpha? I go, no thanks. And I kept meeting all these Christians, and it was actually quite annoying. And uh, then I met a couple of Christian lawyers, and I thought that was slightly weird. Christian lawyers, that's a conversation. (laughs) <laughs> is that allowed? Um, no! And um, I remember talking to them to the, by a photocopier in this office. I was working in London, and what did you do this weekend? Do you know what it's like? What did you do? I went to church like, last night. Okay. Uh, do you want to come do Alpha? I'm like, flipping. Hey. I said, I don't want to do Alpha. No, thanks. And I said, well, what is Alpha? You know, anyway, you know, what, what actually is Alpha? I just say, uh, you know, I don't want to go in it. And, I, and they said, actually, Alpha is just a basic, friendly introduction to the Christian faith over a number of weeks, and why not come along? And I'm kind of like, well, you know, I've done all this drumming, I've done all this uh, group therapy, I've done all this Baha'i, I've done all this Buddhist, okay, I'm going to go, and I'm going to actually turn up at Alpha. The reason I'm doing this is because I want to finally, finally, finally rid myself of Christianity. And to be honest, I haven't really looked at it in a great deal of depth. Let's be honest, school assemblies, you know, we could go slightly deeper. And um, so I'm going to go in, and then I'm going to reject it. So that's what the plan was. And I don't know about, about you when you first came to church. I was actually quite terrified. 
And it was a time in London, the IRA were bombing London and uh, uh, all the tubes were down. And I'm thinking, great, that means I, I won't have to go. Then they opened the circle line. I thought, okay, I will go. So I turn up and I've, I'm imagining it's just going to be this awful experience. I'll be about three people. It's going to be sort of probably weak orange juice and um, stale biscuits. And just, it's just going to be embarrassing. It's going to be like... Ugh. So anyway, I turn up in this church uh, in London. There's actually quite a few people there. And they just looked just like you. And I thought, gosh, that's weird. There's so many people here. And I suddenly thought, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. I thought there'd be about three people. What, what am I going to do if there's someone from work here who recognizes me? That's going to be really awful. That's going to be so embarrassing. It's going to be a shame thing. I went to a church, did this Christian thing. And uh, they're all very friendly. This girl called Fish had invited me. She's I'd lost touch with a girl with a shining face and little Karen, but Fish <laughs> took me forward on into uh, this spiritual journey. And basically, um, you know, uh, I was very nervous of going to the church, you know. And uh, even though they all seemed very, very nice and friendly, I thought, um, could you just get that, please? Thanks. <laughs> and um, is it for me? No, don't worry. And uh, let's change the subject. Anyway, Alpha. So um, I was there, and uh, I was really on edge. I thought, these people look normal, but they're out to get me. And someone said, hey, fish. said, hey, come and have some food, Mike. I said, I'm not eating anything. I didn't say that out loud. I just thought, it's going to be drugged. I mean, it's, it's obvious. It's obviously going to be drugged. It's going to be one of those weird church stuff, and I'd, had, I'd come across some weird stuff on my spiritual travels, you know, there's a bit of weird stuff going down, and um, so uh, I said, no thanks, I'm really, really full, I was actually starving, I thought it was going to be drugged, going to be drugged, I'd wake up in a bedstead in North London with some weirdo on the end of my bed saying, hey, Mike, thanks for the money, and uh, you're never going to see your family again, and by the way, your new name is Leonard. So I didn't eat that, and I didn't actually eat any of the food on the course, to be honest. I, you know, I just didn't go near it because I just thought, they're all too nice. There's got to be something wrong. So um, anyway, the first night, this guy stood up and started talking about Jesus. He said, hi, tonight I want to talk about Jesus, as though it was kind of like, hi, tonight I want to talk about Adele or Arsenal or, or something like that. It was completely normal. And I was looking, and I was sitting next to this guy I'd met. We were put in groups. I was sitting next to this guy I'd never met before. He was a consultant at one of the London hospitals. He was teaching um, uh, the younger medics, and we sort of got, this is weird, yes, this is weird, this is crazy, yes, this is crazy. <laughs> Did you see what they're talking about? Yeah, isn't it a joke? <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, 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 I was struck, this guy said, there is evidence for Jesus. And I thought, evidence for Jesus, the existence of Jesus, his death and resurrection. What do you mean? I'd never heard about that. I thought Jesus was a fairy tale figure. So I, I said to this guy, I can't remember his name, um, might have been Oliver. I said to him, look, this is weird. I I'm terrified. Are you going to come back next week? Because if you are, I'll come back. He said, I wasn't going to come back, but if you come back, I'll come back. He said, if you come back, I'll come back. I said, if you come back, I'll come back. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. So he sort of made a pact to do it and try and support one another through the trauma of the next few weeks. And uh, I got to the end of the course, and uh, actually I realized a few things as I'd done Alpha, which was, uh, I'd realized that I'd actually rejected a caricature of Christianity. 
There's a sort of popular notion of the church out there that it's irrelevant, that it's boring, that God's been done, he's dead, it's all untrue, totally irrelevant, he's out to get you, he's condemning. And I realized actually that actually that just wasn't true. And uh, I read this quote by Churchill recently. He said this, the truth is so precious that it's often surrounded by a host of lies. And that was really my experience. Actually, God offers life, beauty, restoration, and yet there's so much baggage around it and um, weirdness around it. Uh, Actually, when you actually encounter uh, the heart of the faith, it's extraordinary. Secondly, I realized actually that God isn't a God of condemnation. No! He's actually a God of love. He doesn't want to slap us around the face. He actually wants to uh, love us into being. And he says things like this, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not come into the world to condemn it but to save the world through him. That really struck me because that was different to what I was sort of imagining. I learned over the weeks with Oliver as well, if that was his name, that um, basically Christian, the Christian worldview sees people as fragile. We look good and everyone in this Alpha course look good and everyone tonight looks good. But actually, according to a Christian worldview, people are actually very, very fragile and very, very vulnerable. And uh, we, we struggle, we struggle and we're vulnerable because life actually is really, really challenging and difficult. And that was the opening sentence of The Road Less Traveled. Uh, it's this, Scott Peck said this, life is difficult, this is a great truth, one of the greatest truths. And uh, this uh, means that we can wrestle in life. You know, we, a- we, actually, we actually struggle to... Um, do life, to flourish, to go well. We've got to pay the mortgage, keep the kids on track, get them to school, whatever it is, pass exams, uh, turn up uh, at rugby training at the right time, uh, whatever it is. And uh, actually, um, there's that quote from Thoreau, you know, many, many people lead lives of quiet desperation. And uh, this started to sort of impact me, this stuff. And uh, actually, the Christian worldview says people aren't just vulnerable uh, and and fallen is the sort of biblical world. Actually, they're powerless as well, apparently, and I believe this to be true, to actually get out of their predicament. Uh, They can't actually um, uh, find life and life to the full in their own strength. So this uh, really started to hit me uh, on Alpha. What is more, what really struck me, and I kind of really related to this, I don't know whether you relate to this, is that um, until we come into a relationship with God, uh, we'll always feel our hearts are restless. And uh, this is um, something that, it's not a new idea, but Augustine said this in the fifth century. He was a leading sort of church leader. Uh, He said, our hearts will always be restless until they find their rest in him. And uh, many people have commented on this. And actually, Bertrand Russell, would you believe it, who'd really influenced me to become an atheist in my early sort of 20s, he'd actually said this later on in his life, and I quote, the center of me is always and eternally a terrible pain. 
a searching for something beyond what the world contains, something transfigured and infinite, the beautific vision. I do not think it is to be found, but the love of it is my life. It's the actual spring of life within me. And would you believe uh, Bertrand Russell's daughter, Catherine Tate, said this um, about her father and his life after he died. He said his life was really a search for God. And I quote, somewhere at the back of my father's mind, at the bottom of his heart, in the depths of his soul, there was an empty space that had once been filled by God, and he never found anything else to put in it. And, you know, this is a part of the human condition. I don't know about you, I was gutted David Bowie uh, died, and uh, actually I used to listen to a lot of his music and really um, loved his music. Uh, in an obituary, uh, just after he died, he was quoted as saying this. Remember, you know, he, he, he sort of pushed into music, fashion, sexuality, all sorts of stuff. He said this, looking back at what I've done with my life, so much of what I thought was adventurism was actually searching for my tenuous connection with God. So, Christianity basically says, and I'm drawing to a close, um, people don't need a slap around the face. Actually, what they need is to be restored uh, by God in a loving relationship with God who actually has the power to do what they, in their own strength, in their own power, can't do. And uh, I know this sounds weird, but how do you find this relationship with God? Uh, let's go back to the cave analogy. I guess um, this really struck me when I first came across it, but really the crucial question is, how can, how could people in um, Plato's cave become aware of the reality that was actually beyond them, underground in their cave, how on earth could they uh, become aware of this other dimension, all there is beyond their present experience? How would they actually recognize their own uh, limitations? I guess um, there might be clues within the cave, in the light, in the darkness, in their existence, Maybe uh, as the fire burnt, they might see some uh, sketches or etchings on the wall. Maybe um, they heard some sounds that would uh, indicate something bigger beyond their present experience. Christianity actually says there's another possibility. What if uh, someone else were to come and enter the cave? What if this person were to actually explain what lay beyond and offered to take them there. Christianity actually says there is a person who comes to the cave, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's entered the cave of humanity. He's come in love. He's the one who alone can satisfy the restlessness of our hearts. He says, I've come so that you might have life and have life to the full. When I heard this, this raised all sorts of questions for me. Well, was there actually a world beyond what I knew? Was there such a thing as a spiritual dimension? Could this really be true? And I, I had to make a decision. Should I trust this stranger or not? Was Jesus reliable? Does he really have the power to make a difference? 
And even if that is all true, do I actually want to trust him with my life? Do I actually want him to lead me beyond uh, the cave and into a whole mysterious world and realm that I'd never experienced before? Was I up for that? These are the sorts of questions we're going to explore on Alpha. And I don't know what you make of it, but I found it really freaky. But I decided to trust Jesus and let him lead me out of the cave. And I have to say, I haven't looked back. Thanks a lot, Mike, uh, for giving us um, a really extraordinary insight into Alpha and particularly your experience. Um, so we're going to, as Beck said earlier, we're going to do things slightly differently because um, during an Alpha evening, uh, we start with a great uh, supper, as you've been told, and uh, then we follow follow on with a talk, someone will give a testimony. But after that, there's the opportunity to get into our groups and discuss, get to the meat of the topic and discuss things. And the environment is very relaxed, it's very non-threatening. And, and the rules of the game are basically that in a group, um, you can ask whatever you want that is relevant to the talk. So um, discussion can get... Um, quite uh, animated, um, but the idea is uh, that the facilitators allow everyone the opportunity to speak, you know, to, to ask questions, and people can ask actually um, anything they want and not feel, the idea is we try and create an atmosphere where they're not fearful of asking the questions, they can ask what's on their heart, and they won't feel judged or condemned, and that's really, really important. And I, I, can, I can say that we do achieve that on Alpha, so it's actually a very um, welcoming, relaxed environment where people are free uh, to debate um, the meaning of life, questions of life, spirituality, and it, it is a wonderful forum for that. And um, so the suggestion for this evening is that you can just have a few minutes experiencing exactly that, and we're going to debate Mike's talk in groups. So how's that going to work? Well, um, I'm going to suggest that if you could, we're going to do this quite quickly, just um, turn your chairs inwards and maybe get into groups of three or four or five, whatever seems um, just um, practical. So could, could you do that? And I'm going to fire away uh, with two questions that, and you can debate both questions, um, you can debate just one of the questions, and um, it'd be good if everyone in your little circle can actually um, ask a question. So can we do that? Can we just get, uh, just move your chairs if you have to, so maybe three or four people stay in position. Uh, we did it this morning, it worked really well. Let's try and replicate again and this evening. I'll go service order for you if you want for the seven.
Right. Okay. Are we ready for question one? So thinking back to what Mike was talking to us about, uh, the first question is, what do you think of Plato's cave? So question one, what do you think of Plato's cave? Uh, question two, Christianity. Boring, untrue, irrelevant, and condemning. So those are the two questions for you. Uh, discuss whatever you want, however you want. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring that to a close. Thank you so much for taking part in that. Thank you so much. Hopefully, uh, you got a little insight into what it's like being part of an alpha group. I have one more question for you. And the question is, who do you have in mind to invite? And if it can't be on this course, um, but there is someone who keeps coming to mind, um, and you think they would benefit from coming on the course, be brave and ask them. It could be life transforming for them. It could be the most dramatic thing that ever happens to them in their lives. So have a think about that. There are three courses happening this year, so plenty of opportunity. Uh, so be brave, invite. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to pass you back to Bex. <laughs> Thank you, James. So, um, just a, a quick little poll. Who here has done an alpha course? Hands up. Quite a lot of you, hands down. Who here hasn't done an alpha course then? Now, some of you are fibbing. <laughs> if you haven't done an alpha course, why not sign up and come along? Because um, it's a fantastic way to hear the basics of Christianity again. And also, it would just help you for the next time when you want to invite someone. You know exactly what you're inviting them to. And you get free food for seven weeks. So that's fantastic. <laughs> so sign up and come along if you haven't done it before. Now, we've come to the end of our service. Um, I'd love the band um, to just come up. Um, we're not going to sing a final song today, but we always have the chance um, for people to be prayed for if they would like prayer for anything. So what I'm going to do is close the service formally, but if you would like somebody to pray with you, now that can be for absolutely anything. It might be that you just want to say, God, I'm really thankful for something at the moment. I'm really excited about this thing, and I just want to um, share that with someone here. Or it might be that something in Mike's um, story really spoke to you or really touched you, and you just want to pray with someone about that. So... What, um, uh, after I've closed officially, I would love a few of the ministry team to just come up to the front and hang around looking useful so that uh, if anyone would like some prayer, they're not left hanging. <laughs> so that's the plan. So um, let's all stand together. Have a stretch. <laughs> and I'm going to pray um, as we finish. 
Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. And I pray your blessing on each of us as we go from here. That's the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you're really welcome to stay, have a coffee, um, catch up with people, um, whatever. But if I could have a few of the ministry team down to the front, um, hanging around looking useful, as I said earlier, that would be fantastic. Do come forward if you'd like a prayer. Otherwise, thank you so much for coming. Have a fantastic week and see you next Sunday.